Hey everybody, welcome back to Black Belt. Or Bust. I'm Keely. And I'm Misty. I totally almost said I'm Misty. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. I was like, wait, no, that's not me. But. So today, in light of the Olympics, we wanted to talk about not necessarily taking a step back like we've talked about before, but I think mm-hmm. recognizing when to listen to your body and so fu- and funny enough, like okay, here's the like I've been watching the CrossFit Games coming out, and it's a lot of people are getting hurt. Yeah. And then, so there's some people that are all, like, medically withdrawing from things, whether it be, like, the Games and Olympics, but also people who are just taking a step back because of all the pressure that they've been feeling and, you know, prioritizing their mental health because a lot of people only see the physical and they yeah. only care about the physical. And some don't even care about the physical. They're like, oh, if you're not dying, you can still go. Yeah. But the mental is also, like, a huge aspect of it as well. Because we always talk about, you know, the mental game. Yeah. You know, if you mentally can't win, doesn't matter if you physically can. Like, yeah. we've watched so many different, I guess, reality shows. Like, I use reality loosely. But we've seen competitions and fights where the most technical and stronger person doesn't always win. No. Sometimes it's because they don't, they break. Yeah. And it's human, and it's fine. Well, and I think but it is an attribute. What everybody forgets when you're looking at all these high-level athletes, be it the Olympics or jiu-jitsu or just professional sports in general, these are all human beings doing these things, one for themselves, but the people that are that are like they're entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. You know. They wouldn't have these careers if they didn't have people to play for, people to watch them. And when we're looking at all these different athletes, recognizing that they're human, recognizing that these people are not invincible, they can break at any moment, be Mm -hmm. it a physical injury or something even outside of the gym, outside of training, outside of um, competition, outside of whatever they're doing. And we have to remember that. So when something's happening and if you're not listening to your body, you could basically end your career. And if you're doing stuff as a hobby, if you're you're doing this as a hobby as well, I mean, you have a life outside of your hobby so you need to keep yourself well um so just for an example like i will bring up simone biles one because i have a huge amount of respect for her as an athlete as a human being she's accomplished more than most human beings will ever accomplish in her Mm -hmm. life at a very young age her recognizing that she had to drop out was very smart because she knows that she has a career ahead of her. She's already opened a gym. She's already coaching people. Mm-hmm. If she, Had she gotten hurt, that could have been the end of her career, period, point mm-hmm. blank. And people not considering that. And when I'm looking at this, and I, I will bring up men, ver- maybe not necessarily men versus women, but when 
men have voiced their opinion on this. I saw someone that we know post something on social media where it said, is men not, men not, do you know I know, I know exactly what you're talking okay. about because I, I'm going to pull it up. It was, it was extremely interesting perspective mm-hmm. where it was talking about how from a young age, you know, how, Kisa, I am taking away the toy right now. My dog is definitely enjoying the yeah. squeaker right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. she wants to play. But it was a very interesting concept in terms of it's talking about some of the differences in terms of how men are raised versus how women are raised. Mm-hmm. And this is changing with times. However, this was kind of like the, 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 just kind of some commonalities of, yeah. of, of that time. And it was men were raised to know that they are disposable. Yes. Because, you know, they have to be, they were enlisted at the time. Mm-hmm. And so you should die for your country, you should bleed mm-hmm. for your country, stuff like that. And so they were constantly, it was being reiterated to them that you cannot say no. Yes. That you have to put yourself on the line and that it, that is the end all be all, that you can be sacrificed, that you can be just this kind of component to a larger ideal. Yeah. Whereas for the women, it was... Even, and even today, like, if you have some conversations with spouses, um, I'm talking about, like, normal heterosexual, and it's, well, the man's always like, I'm going to die before you. You have to live on mm-hmm. without me. And it's, it's it, in terms of, like, old age. Um, or at least that's a conversation that I've had before where it was like, all right, you, like, you're leaving before me. And it, yeah. a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, traditionally – Normally, the man is going to be older as well, so they might be predisposed to things earlier on. Yeah. Or, again, they might have, you know, in the olden days, gone to the war efforts and been mm-hmm. sacrificed before. And so it was always the woman has to live on. So the, so traditionally, we've made other decisions to live on because it's like, all right, I can't make some of these decisions because I'm not expendable. Because yeah. I have to, you know, back in the days, take care of all of the kids, the few kids that we have left, hold down the fort, you know, thing, things like that. And yes, things have changed over time. But some of these ideals are still being taught to the newer generations. Yes. And it's interesting because when you see someone who wants to take a step back where they're like, no, this isn't going to be good for me. It's looked at as quote unquote weak or soft when it's actually smart. You know, people... Yeah. When... You know, you're in that uh, any sort of situation where you're like, I cannot do this because it's not going to be good for me in the long run. And an example of that is I was rolling the other night. Um, this was not an intentional injury, but he was rotating. He had my arm in like a, um, shoot, like. An overwrap? Yes, like, like he an overwrap. He had an overwrap on, on your arm. Yeah, and we were turning and rotating, and I had pulled a little bit on my arm, and it started to hurt. So basically, I just told him, I said, hey, like that just hurt my arm a little bit. He didn't do anything. I was also involved in this, but I was communicating to him, oh, I just hurt my arm just a second ago, so I'm going to slow down the roll just a little bit. And he was like, okay. You know, recognize that. And then I didn't roll the rest of the week and I just kind of stretched it out, recovered it the past couple of days so I can go back into this next week and keep rolling versus like I've got to roll hard every day and train hard and like keep lifting and continue to hurt that arm and now my mm-hmm. muscle feels better and this just happened Wednesday night mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm good to train again this week. A lot of it's that recognition and you know 
there are days where we're like, we don't want to do something or we're not feeling it and we still do it anyway. And those days are important. Mm -hmm. Other days where you're like, I'm not feeling it and you can't focus is another day that you need to take a step back. Yeah. Um, one thing I can think of is especially for like heavy weightlifting. If you are not mentally focused, guess what? You might have, like, you might blow something out. You might have an, in- like, you might have a catastrophic injury. Uh, for example, like, so many athletes during, and some people are going to be like, Keely, you're listening to CrossFit. They're doing stupid shit. All right, <laughs> fuck off. I enjoy CrossFit. I enjoy lifting. I enjoy athleticism. Because yeah. it's still a mental, it's still a mental thing. Some people are like, they're thinking of the the local box gyms. They're not thinking about the people who are true athletes where it's like they have pro like specific programming that they do have to follow. Sometimes do they have shit form? Yes. The when you're going to see great form is when you're going to look at like pro like professional weightlifting and Olympic lifting. That's when you're going to see the great form mm-hmm. and everything broken into the weight classes. CrossFit doesn't have weight classes. That's why you're going to see some of the differences in form, right? And because the smaller people understand that to move bigger weights, they have to have more technique. Larger people, you don't have to have as much technique because mass move mass. So anyways, off my soapbox. A handful of these athletes that do train for this and they are on that higher level are suffering a lot of injuries because they're really pushing themselves past the limit and they're trying Mm -hmm. to do so much to try to achieve the gold. Mm -hmm. And their body is suffering. For example, one person during a max snatch event either hopefully dislocated but could potentially have shattered her elbow meaning that after reconstructive surgery she may never compete again you know it's that severe Mm -hmm. where other people may have just like rolled the ankles and had like smaller dislocations and stuff like that and then you've got people like this where it's like this is their livelihood yeah when athletes are doing this for their career to maintain their sponsorships, to maintain, you know, the purse that they are going to receive. Their body is their temple. They're not going to do unnecessary things unless they really have to. So they're already pushing themselves on such a mental level. So when they've truly been like, I need a break, it's not like, oh, I feel like crap today. I'm going to stay on the couch and I'm going to watch the people on TV. No, for them, it's like they're... This is one of the hardest decisions they've had to make to not do what they've spent their entire livelihood training to do. Yeah. Yes. Because when you're looking at professional athletes or someone who wants to make a career out of this, a lot of the smart moves are they know their window of their, like, peak part of performance then post that, what are they going to continue to do? Especially if they make a name for themselves. So when you're just sacrificing your body to be like, oh, well, I'm an Olympic athlete. I need to win this gold medal. But then you're either injured or you do something that completely ruins your future. Mm -hmm. Why is that seen as being the, the heroic thing to do? I think it's fucking stupid. Well, that are. <laughs> Let's bring it back to jujitsu. Let's bring it back to jujitsu like, and like MMA I do. I think it's and stuff like stupid. that. Why are there some people in the gym who refuse to tap, even though they could tear or break things, mm-hmm. and then be out of jujitsu for an extended period of time and maybe suffer 
lifelong injuries just for that moment. We're not even talking about worlds. Yes. You know, or We're like the end all be all. We're a talking Wednesday about Wednesday night roll or an open People nap. have that mentality of break it. Yeah. You know, and it, if it blows my mind where I'm sitting here like, do you not have a job to go to tomorrow? No. Or do you want med- medical bills? Who wants medical bills? Who wants to who wants to pay for this shit? Yeah. Who, if jujitsu is your whole life, why would you do anything to risk being able to do it the mm-hmm. rest of your life? Well, and you there are people too who will have an injury and then they'll kind of recover a little bit, then they'll train because they're like, Oh, well, I can train and they get re injured. Mm-hmm. Take some rest. Or they never truly recover. No, they'll never recover from that. And it's so stupid. It's, there's so much ego in it that you're willing to sacrifice a functioning part of your body for you to be like, yeah, like I did that. And it's, to me, it's so (laughs) stupid. So, but I do understand the mindset of, well, I can be disposable or you know, I can sacrifice myself because this is also how I was raised and what I'm supposed to be. But mm-hmm. when you take your mindset and you apply it to someone who's like, no, I recognize that I can't continue to do this because I have a job to go to the next day. I have a future. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You can't I look at that as something that's soft or weak because someone's making a smarter decision. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not yeah. weakness, it's responsibility. Exactly. That, that person being responsible. For their own self. Yes. I think a couple of, especially like with everything going on with the Olympics, um, and that that's kind of our, our, our big example for today, in terms of who has the control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of the previous examples have been the individual has turned to the coach and the coach has made the decision to keep pushing them and we do rely on our coaches a lot you should rely on your coach whenever you're doubting yourself they're the ones that have a lot of the experience they if you're like i'm not ready in terms of you think that you do not have the skill set Mm -hmm. that's where that prompting should come from it should be the coaches encouraging you because they know that you have the skill the technique the ability yes and then there's this this was, she knows Yeah, she has the technique, the ability, the capabilities, can do some of the most dangerous stunts, but did not trust her own self yes. to do it. Yes. That's the difference. When it shouldn't be a reliant on your coach. When you are like, I'm hurt, my mental focus is on my own injury rather than what I should be accomplishing right now, that is when you need to call it. Yeah. So that's different. When people are like, well, the coaches said they were fine, all these things, or you've looked into previous instances where the coaches have pushed them and they've suffered catastrophic damage and their careers have ended, or, you know, they've become quadriplegic, you know, they they are no longer to be able to do physical capabilities that they were. That's different. When it is the physical, other than like an injury. Yes. I believe that your coaches can really help you in terms of, is it your ability, is your skill? They can prompt you. They can encourage you. They can really make a call. When it is your your mental self and handling the ability, mm-hmm. that's when you really need to put put yourself first, prioritize yourself, and be like yes or no. 
if you are having an absolute meltdown and you're like, hey, I can't, I can't compete today. No one should force you to it. Like, no. for example, so many people in on social media are like, hey, should I compete? Asking complete strangers. Yeah. They don't know you. They don't give a shit about you. They might be like, I love to compete, so you're obvi- you're obviously going to love to compete. It might be the worst thing you've ever experienced in your yeah. entire life. And somebody just pushed that on you. Yeah. It's different if it's like, I don't know if I'm ready. You're never going to feel ready. Talk to your coach. Yeah. But well, being like, I'm going to have like a meltdown. This is going to encompass my life. I'm going to break down because of it. Then maybe you shouldn't do it. You don't have to. Nobody's making you. Yeah. If you're questioning whether you should or not, then that might be a reason to not do it. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention too is how much more intuitive women are. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're, cause there is this, I think this kind of two part thing where you've got the, with men and the, the masculinity and having to go on and making that personal decision that is a personal decision for them to make. And then when women do things, we're so much more intuitive where it's like, I have a bad feeling about this. I, I can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I do think there's a point in recognizing a difference between anxiety and intuition, mm-hmm. a different conversation for a different day. But when we're looking at something, because nobody truly knows what anybody's go, going through besides that person in that body. And when we're looking at someone, be it an injury this is what blows my mind. People, and when it comes to illness, injuries, whatever, you can look at like a broken bone and be like, okay, that's broken. That's a physical injury, but a concussion, right? There are some signs mm-hmm. that you can tell when someone's concussed, but we don't look at it in the same way. And then we bring in mental health, like mm-hmm. depression, and anxiety and p- things like PTSD, these things are so real. This is what blows my mind even more. The brain is literally the control center for the entire human body. Why are we not taking it more seriously? Okay, let's talk about what happened to me this weekend. All right, I'm rough. I'm roughing. I've had sworn. You know that everybody in jiu-jitsu, I think, knows this, that I have refused. I do not want to ref. I have refused refing. I had a ref this weekend. It was a great experience, other than a couple of instances that I'm about to talk about. There was a teen, and there was another purple belt refing, and he warned me because for some of our, st- we called them our like stressful matches, and it was some of the teenagers, and they had to do a couple of two out of threes. Him and I would alternate. Who would deal with them? Because we were like, we can't... Like, my whoop activated. Yeah. That my heart rate was so high with the kids and teens. It thought I was doing a physical activity. Yeah. The most strain since I've gotten this thing. This is my graduation gift. The most stress, the most strain of a day since I've gotten this thing was yesterday, rapping. Yeah. And my recovery is shit, but that's another <sighs> thing. Anyways, so him and I were alternating who got some of these teens because they... I mean, we were just full on panic... Because they were allowing things to go so far. And they weren't going to tap. Yeah. One of the kids got put out. And it, the first, when he got fully put out, it was not with me. Right? Yeah. He gives me a heads up. He was like, this kid is not going to tap. 
they do not have it in the rules that if somebody is put out, they are no longer allowed to compete. Yeah. It is up to the kind of, it's the responsibility of the guardian to decide whether or not the child would continue to compete. Yeah. I believe if somebody is put out in a tournament, it should be treated as a concussion rule, meaning that they are no longer allowed to compete for the rest of the day. Yeah. Because if that person actively chooses to go out, they are actively going to choose to go out again. And guess what? This kid was allowed to compete still and then gets to my mat and they were upset that I stopped the match. And he was like, why? What happened? I didn't tap. I was like, you were starting to go out. Yeah. I could, I could see the signs and I became impromptu medic of the day. Yeah. And I was like, I could see the signs that you were going to start to go out. So I stopped it. One of the earlier matches with some kids, I stopped relatively early because the arm was fully extended. Yeah. And I, I jumped on it. And some of the parents were like, he didn't tap. I was like, the arm was fully extended. I'd rather not have a kid's broken arm today. The kid was off to the side shaking out his arm saying it hurt. And I stopped it early. Yeah. And I was sitting here like, do you not see your child? Yeah. Your child is hurting, but y'all just care about the gold. Yeah. Same thing. For all of these other competitions and tournaments and anything in which there's there's a place, there's like yeah. a first place, second place, third place, is that people are willing to sacrifice themselves so much. At what cost? See, and that's, I don't get it. I'm like, why would you do that? And I do, on some level, would be like, okay, if this is like your world's finals match and you're willing to break your arm mm-hmm. and you're making that decision as an adult. Yeah, that's one thing. Because you're trying to make a name for yourself. Here becomes the kicker. Yeah. Not only am I dealing with the teen, I go up to the parents afterwards. I was like, anytime I stopped a match, I would go to either the coach or the parent and explain why. Yeah. Because I was just like, if you're going to be mad at me, be mad at me. But guess what? Your kid's not hurt because of me. Yeah. It's not my fault that the kid is hurt. Well, and what would have happened if you did let them get their arm broke or let them pass out? That's also on you yeah. as the ref. I exactly. mean, how many times have we gotten pissed off because refs aren't doing their job because or someone not paying got attention. hurt, someone didn't get their points, or, you know, we're on that ref. That is literally your job. That's what you're getting in paid In social media for. this weekend, in a lot of those grappling groups, everyone was talking about bad experience with referees. And I was thinking, you know, if I, if somebody has a bad experience with me, it won't be because somebody got hurt on my watch. Yes. That is where I draw the line, especially yeah. a kid or a teen where, you know, a lot of the teens are very mental in terms of, and hormonal in terms of the fact that they're like, I can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. So I am. And they're going to go to whatever extent to win. Yeah. You know, and they're, and some of them aren't in very good environments in which will prompt them. But yeah. here was the whole kicker about the kid that was allowing himself to continuously go out would go to the parents and explain why I stopped the match. Yeah, they started going out again. I know that they went out earlier. You know, this, is, this isn't this is okay. Indifference. Mm-hmm. That was what was the scariest. I would rather somebody be mad at me or emotional. When you get parents that are indifferent, that's a whole new level of scary. Yeah. Because... At what point is it going to stop? Yeah. When well, when a kid has brain damage because they have lack of oxygen to the brain. Yeah. Or when they are in a hospital. You know, a lot of these things can propagate if they're not checked, especially if it's increased in frequency. Yeah. And the so thing, if they're doing this every competition yeah. and, and 
at one point with the other ref, they even said, oh, it happens all the time at the gym. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. No, they said it. He Training, it happens all the time. What the So hell? this kid. This kid. It was literally like a 13, 14-year-old boy is constantly put to sleep because he won't tap. See, and I've... Oh my god. Yeah, no, that's where I had like a whole mental thing being like... Are you serious? And they acted like it was nothing. Oh my, that is so... (laughs) Dangerous. Yes, that is horrible. Oh my gosh, and I know we were like, we're not going to name drop. I do want to know what... Do you know what Gemma was? You don't have to say it here. I don't know what Gemma was, honestly. But, see, people take Mm jujitsu way too fucking seriously. I have gotten to this point where I'm like, this shit is not a big deal. Especially when I see people who are in their 30s or so and they're trying to compete like a professional athlete because they found jiu-jitsu as a hobby to do after work or Mm. on the weekends and it's so serious. I'm like... Why? And I know mm-hmm. that I get nervous before I compete, but I've always had performance anxiety, you know. But it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. And for kids at a local tournament and in the gym, that is horrible for them it to is. do that. But like, um, that shit, because that shit happens in the gym. Yeah, you know, it's like I remember rolling with a. 16 year old girl and I had her in an arm bar and she's super flexible but she wouldn't tap to this arm bar and she's sitting on the side holding her arm and David had to go over to her and be like does your arm hurt and he she was like yeah he's like you should have tapped and I didn't break her arm but it got to a point where I was like you have to check your ego so Mm -hmm. For some of us who will have a really bad ego, because we're all guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it. Everybody will be in a role and they're like, I want to win. But if you are a competitor, you have to be willing to get beat in the gym Mm -hmm. because that's how you get better. I had a talk with the kids about this after class one day too. And I have to reiterate this every time I'm teaching. I tell them, I say... You are not each other's competition. Mm-hmm. You're teammates. You're here to help each other get better. You're here to help each other grow and push yourselves. Because I'm like, I didn't, don't say it out loud, but I'm like, I see you guys cry before your matches. I see you out there stressed, wanting to quit. And then I see what happens when you lose your matches. Mm-hmm. So that training environment for our kids and teens, I want to get them out of that mental, that mental place where yeah. I'm like, you guys are in here to work and get better and grow. I'm like, it's okay to get your guard passed. It's okay to get swept or, you know, tap to your partner. Mm-hmm. But we've got to be working on this attitude because you're going to get hurt. Something bad can happen. And then when you're looking at people, and those are the fucking people that are, like, calling someone who's like, yeah, I'm not able to continue to do this week. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, I know when to tap. And I've noticed this in the master's divisions. The women I've gone against who I've tapped will tap early because they mm-hmm. don't want to get hurt. Well, and it's like how we've talked about, even in the gym, 
some days it'll be roll days and I'll look and see who's in the class. And I'm like, two people I will roll with and then I will bounce. Yep. I'm not rolling with everyone in there. I've, it, I honestly, t- I've told David anymore. Like if you're not, especially if you're not there and I'm sitting right beside David, I'm like, I will roll with him. I will roll with him and I'm out. Because mm-hmm. I especially like with like super fights and stuff coming up, you have to be careful who you roll with. Yeah. Because other people, they don't have anything to fucking lose. Yeah. And so it's really funny how some days mentally it's like I'm the one responsible for the partner because mm-hmm. I know they won't tap. So I'm the one who lets go. Yeah. Or I know I go at a certain intensity where it's like, I could really fuck you up right now. And I'm choosing not to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the one taking care of them. I'm okay with that. So long as it's, you are still actively learning. You were, yes. you were more naive to it and you don't know. Or you were younger, especially some, uh, we've got a group of like teen guys that are really receptive to us. Yeah. And a lot of it's just, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. But the second you tell them or they acknowledge it or they're like, sometimes they'll come out and they're like, you really could have tapped me multiple times. Couldn't you? It's like, I could have. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't you? And it's like, what, what good would that have done? Yeah. I appreciate more that, you know, than actually have done having done it. And some, sometimes I will. Just be, especially if they start getting too, not even aggressive, but the spazzy white belt, you know, yeah. and it, it'll calm, it'll calm right back down. And it's like, we get more out of a roll if we keep going yeah. than if we stop every time. Right. Yeah. The other night we had a new guy in, never seen him before. I watch him roll with my teens. I guess I was so mad the other night. I, I think it was, I don't know if you had left or something. Or if you were there, I can't No, we remember. were there because I know who you're talking about. I was, uh, so I don't think you know how absolutely mad I was. If, it, if I didn't have that super fight coming up, I was going to tell David to put me with him. Yeah. I was so mad. I talked to my teens afterwards. And normally with other people, I'm like, no, respect your partner. Don't break them. I showed my teens. I was like, if he does this fucking bullshit to you again, you break his fucking arm. And they both yeah. looked at me and they were just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> And I showed him how to do it, too. I was like, and you're going to break it just like this. Yeah. Because I watched an adult try to power his way through some teens. That new technique when he didn't. And he was mm-hmm. pulling off bullshit. And he was hurting them. One yeah. of them got neck cranked. Yeah. You know. And he said, he's 15, actually. Why would you do that to a 15-year-old yeah. who isn't being aggressive to you? It's different yeah. if it's like you kind of got this little punk. You got to, you got to. Put them in their place a little bit. But that wasn't the case at all. These are very calm, mature teens. And that they listen to you. They're very receptive. And it was somebody taking advantage of that. And it was like, no. This is when I need my teens to get a little bit more testosterone and beat the fuck out of somebody. Yeah. Well, it's funny because people will come to do a class. Be it Muay Thai. It's always a role. Yeah be it Muay Thai, boxing, or jiu-jitsu, they'll come in and they have to show how tough they are. And they're they're not there. Don't some of them be like, I gotta prove I'm alpha and shit. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, they're trying to prove something and it's like, this is a learning environment. You're here to learn. Like, chill the fuck out. You know, it's like every single person in this room has more experience than you can beat your ass when you walk in with that ego, you know? And it blows my mind that people are like that. And I think 
there are a handful of women that are like that, but most of the time women are a lot more timid and they're like mm-hmm. too intimidated. It's like just the one. Yeah. It's like randomly you'll get the one that's really aggressive. And normally they have a background in something else. Mm-hmm. So I can think of one instance where it was back in Mississippi and a girl had come in who was built very well and she had very long nails and she went with Jessica and Jessica I think was a brown belt at the time and girl was like we were doing situations this is like her first or second class ever and she's trying to go as hard as she possibly can with Jess who's a brown belt Mm -hmm. and Jess ends up getting like cut across her nose by these girls nails and she's like a full face of makeup so everybody's clothes is covered with this girl's makeup But she and she was very well built. She was a big girl, so she was mu- she was muscling and kind of throwing everybody around. So there are instances where you know we always think of like cliche guys coming in. Mm-hmm. You know there are a couple instances where girls come in, yeah. or even just bigger girls. And I'm yeah. not saying all bigger girls, right? But personally, I've had a couple instances where a girl who was larger than me, whether it be height, whatever, tried to go as hard as possible with me so that they could beat me. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like, all right, just going to, as technically as possible, stay on top of you. Like, I remember one girl came in, she had tried a couple classes, said that, yeah, I want to do MMA. All right, if you tell me you want to do MMA, we're going to keep it very simple. I'm going to yeah. do, like, limited things because you don't need all this flashy shit. You're not going to use it. Yeah. We're going to do half guard. We're going to do close guard. We're going to do mount. We're going to do side control. Kept this girl on side control the whole time. She tried to be really, like, she tried to go heavy out of the gate. I just kept side control. I was giving up a lot of weight, but was able to maintain side control Mm -hmm. to prove a point. Because at one point, like, afterwards, she was just like, all right, how long have you done this? And I was like, I've done this for a few years. I was like, you're not, you're not going to come out like that on your first day. Yeah. Like, you're not. But the mentality some people have where they have to be a mate, I don't even know how we got here, but they have to be as hard as they can every single night or they have to immediately be great when they first come in. And that's how I think kind of getting back to a lot of people watching the Olympics. You don't know what this person has done to get to this point. All you Mm -hmm. know is that they are at this point. Yeah. You don't know how there's like a meme where it's like can we put an average person into the olympics for reference (laughs) i think that's actually kind of a fantastic idea or at least if they talk about all right the average person can do this and then they go into the results for the olympics i think that would be pretty fucking cool to understand at what level they truly are well and you also don't under know what that person has endured personally in their life Mm mm-hmm because well, like going if, back to if we, it, we're Shikari talking about, Richardson yeah. and how she learned that her mom had passed yes. away. And there was like, there was one argument someone we know brought up where he was like, well, if you know the rules of the Olympics, like you've got to keep that in mind. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, she smoked weed in a legal state and it's not a performance enhancing drug. Yeah. But then the argument that argument is well if you know we're not rules, get, whatever yeah, we're not but adding to that argument you have today. that but let's go, even go back to simone biles in mm-hmm. the usa the women's usa gymnastics team they were sexually abused by their team doctor these women won olympic gold while being sexually abused by their team doctor and Simone Biles, as one of those women, is carrying that with her 
every single day. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what someone is going through personally and what they're doing to get to their point of success and how that is affecting them mm-hmm. on a mental level. Because when you have something like PTSD and, you know, people hear PTSD and they just think of the war and like war flashbacks and no, if you've gone through any sort of traumatic event, you're going to carry PTSD with mm-hmm. you. Those moments will hit you at any point in time. And they also, and it also affects your physical health. Mm-hmm. And we have to consider these things when we're looking at someone who's achieving greatness, you know, or they've gotten to this point of success. Even people within our gym that we see, you know, mm-hmm. competing or doing well, um, that we may not know personally what they're going through, but we also have to keep these things in mind that, we don't know that person as a person. And like you said, like mm-hmm. you, you see where they are currently, but you don't know what, how they got there. Mm-hmm. You're not, unless you've been there that entire way, you haven't seen how they've gotten to that point. And I don't know who said it, but one thing like I try to remind myself all the time and I saw, I saw it on like Facebook or something, right? You know, it's one of those like yeah. make something <laughs> an inspirational quote shit. I might've seen it on Instagram. I don't know. Yeah. And it was just because you carry it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy. Yes. Yes. And that's completely true is that some of these people have either taken like taking some of these events and have turned it into something beautiful and something great mm-hmm. and not saying that other people haven't. It's just they may not be in that stage yet yes. where it may still need to it may still be breaking them down cuz you can have two circumstances that happen to two people and they are at two different stages where one person might be flourishing and one might not be, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just based on how they're responding to it. Nothing to say that that person won't also turn it around into success yeah. or not be within the right to be upset, yeah. you know, where it's, you know, people process things differently. But just because somebody's doing it great or is very successful doesn't mean they're not bothered by it. Yeah. Doesn't mean it doesn't still hurt them. Doesn't mean that they don't still have days where it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it just means that they're trying to push forward regardless of that or irrespective yeah. of that. Well, it's like, the I guess the, the thing would be like perseverance. Because I can recognize a lazy day from a day that's actually a bad day or when something's rough. Mm-hmm. Most, I think most people can. Mm-hmm. And most people, there are a lot of lazy people out there. And, you know, it's we're all... We're all lazy, but sometimes you got to admit it and then persevere through whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some people will, like you said, you know, you can carry something well or it can just weigh heavily on, like, then there's a day where you can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And we also, you know, it goes Mm -hmm. back, we've got to recognize that these professional athletes, these Olympic athletes, people competing at a high level in jiu-jitsu are still human Mm -hmm. beings. Yep. And one of the biggest things is definitely going to be awareness. Mm -hmm. And if you are not aware or if you are, a lot of us think that we handle things well and we might, it might be going to shit, Mm -hmm. but in our minds we're like, I'm doing these things. So I must be handling it. Well, just because you're doing things doesn't mean it's actually being handled. Yes. You might actually just be propagating the issue. Right. So understanding, and it might be in somebody, something external, to give you feedback. So if you do have really great coaching staff, you know, 
communicating with them and them having an awareness of like, all right, you're not doing well. What's going on? Checking in on you. If you don't have a team or kind of like a cohesive unit that is checking in with you, that might be one thing to reconsider because a healthy environment is one that picks up on the abnormal. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if you're not really as communicative, if you're not showing up as much, if you have other things going on, has anybody checked in to make sure that that is the case? That maybe yeah. you're just busy with something else. Maybe you've been out of town. Maybe you've got these things going on or you picked up a new job rather than you're kind of receding back into yourself. Yeah. Because sometimes when we get so serious about things, we actually draw back in that we're not we're not as talkative mm-hmm. and we're not having that social aspect because of being humans we're social creatures you know sometimes we start doing things so intently we become tunnel visioned and it becomes so unhealthy for us it could be athletics and it becomes so unhealthy for us because we're not getting those other facets of life or we're not meeting those things or we're putting our body through so much strain we're no longer recovering you know there's my little kind of like i've been reading a lot about whoop right now (laughs) (laughs) but you know some of these things if you don't have that personal awareness like what we've been talking about you need to talk to somebody else or even, you know, a mental health specialist. I've always encouraged people. I tried it. It wasn't for me. I But I think of that more so as the where I went and who I went to yeah. rather than it's not beneficial. Therapy if you need to go is, talk to somebody, go talk to somebody. Therapy is super, super important. And has become more accessible because of the yes. pandemic. Yes. There's um, virtual meetings now. There's, uh, there's other mm-hmm. things you can do. But I know, like, those were points I wanted to hit on today is, like, a topic just because, you know, the Olympics are going on and things have opened up because of COVID. We're seeing a lot more professional Mm -hmm. sports. We've got a lot of, like, who's number ones on Flow Grappling that are featuring a lot of high-level athletes Mm -hmm. on another platform. We've got Pans coming up. Masters Worlds is coming up. Worlds is coming up, both Gi and Nogi. And, you know, people are training, you know, wanting to achieve those things, but it does, like like bring up too that pans is coming up and I'm wanting to drop out because it's like I want to achieve like that medal but at the same time I'm weighing other factors where I'm like you know Mm -hmm. what it's probably not the best decision to do pans and I don't care you know if someone was like you know you're weak or a quitter Mm -hmm. I'd be like (laughs) (laughs) it's what it is no you're not a quitter (laughs) it's and those aren't the reasons I'm quit. Like, I'm not like it's overwhelming. It's just I'm looking at logistical mm-hmm. things for pans, and I'm like, it's not going to be worth it this year. Well, it's like, let's think about, like, what we as the individuals can do. The biggest thing is become more aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe needing to educate ourselves more, talking to somebody external, such as, like, coaches, family, friends that are around us. You know, or even maybe going to a, a specialist, like mm-hmm. mental health specialist, whatever you need, or maybe needing to talk to other doctors to see about other things going on. I think that's what we can do personally, because yeah. the more we can acknowledge things and understand what's going on, the more we can make those safe decisions for ourselves to prioritize ourselves and our needs yeah. before the external, before, you know, we really enough, our country, the world, mm-hmm. you know. You yourself can only do so much. And I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that bothered me is that everybody's like, you've let your country down. I think of it as, honestly, how how lucky are we that we can make the decisions for ourselves, and that we would have a country to allow us to do so. Yes, that's you know? such a good point. It's like... Where it's, 
she is able to make that decision because of what we are allowed to yeah. do for ourselves in our country. And some people have made posts saying that, you know, we are so soft. We are so weak. No, we are a country I allowing us to make our own personal well, decisions. Well, and here's, here's another thing with that. Are people saying the softness mm-hmm. and the weakness? No. We have more self-awareness and we're not putting up with bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And I know that's a big thing because, you know... You know, I know we don't get, like, political or anything on here. And and I know that's kind of, like, part of it where people talk about people being offended or the softness or the weakness. It's like, no, there's a self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Not just self-awareness, but an actual awareness of what's going mm-hmm. on. And or, making a decision for yourself that may have not been there years prior. Mm-hmm. And now we're able to do that. And then, you know, you did bring up a good valid point where the whole letting the country down and what I said before. If you're looking at Simone Biles as letting the country down now, what was happening at the last gymnastics where, no, we, our gymnastics team was let down. Mm-hmm. And that is something we, people are not remembering or, cause they're not going to remember this. And like, and I told, talked to David about it too. I was like, in the next few months, people aren't going to care about this. Mm-hmm. They're not going to remember. Yeah. So a couple months down the road, it's going to be like Tiger King. It was a big thing, and then it was gone. And then occasionally somebody talks about Carol Baskins, right? Or Um, it's going to be something else. And I'm like, but what is going on? It like you said, it's the focal point right now. Yeah. It's let's we're just talking about awareness, awareness for ourselves and what we need to do. And then going back to the whole coach thing, if you are in an environment training that does not serve you as a person or an athlete if you are making a monthly payment to a gym and you are not happy you need to leave i don't care what anybody says or if you are not getting what you wanted out of it there's Mm -hmm. so many times where it's like all right this is going on in my gym but i don't want to leave all right what is it about it that you don't want to leave that you couldn't get somewhere else yeah you know it's it's you have to draw a line at some point, if you are truly unhappy, you don't. You did this thing because it brings you joy. Yeah. If you are not long, no longer getting joy out of it, then you don't need to do it. Yeah. You don't need to have that not only financial commitment, but time commitment, emotional, mental, spiritual investment. Because yeah. that's what it is. It's an investment. Yeah. And we are at a point with jujitsu as well where there's access to so many other resources. Mm-hmm. You've got um, online programs like Sophia's Girls on Top. But, and it's for women, sorry. But <laughs> it's for women. You have more gyms opening up. We have things mm-hmm. like YouTube. Um, instructional tutorials and videos. A lot of instructionals. And, you know, and, BJJ Fanatics is yes. making a killing. And I can recognize, too, that, like, if you're in an area where there's not a lot of BJJ and you're not being, like, served and getting what you need to out of your gym, that is something you need to think about because... I'm in an area and have been to like Vegas where there's access to so many other gyms. So I'm also, I know that like I can say that easier. I'm like, just leave, (laughs) go learn somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But if you're truly not happy and being fulfilled, don't stay in an environment that no longer serves you. Mm -hmm. Like that's something to think, like I think to think about, but. um, Well that, and then you bring up a great point in terms of so much more self-awareness because we have so much more access to information yes. and material. And that's one thing that in terms of so many people like to talk about things because they're like, oh, like for example, let's talk about 
maybe like heart disease, how people are like, over the years, heart disease has increased. Who's to say that it's actually increased so much as we are now more like more readily able to yeah. detect it? So we look at these trends and we think, oh, the country's gotten worse. But has it or have we become better at being able to identify the, these things? The same thing with like, and I use ADHD because I've been around so many people with it. And people are like, oh, it's just easy to diagnose kids with ADHD. It's like, no, we're actually, like, aware of what symptoms are. We're aware that this is an actual, uh, I don't want to say, like, a developmental disability, but it is what it is. It's, yeah. yeah. And it's, like you said, we have this information, so we're so much more aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're just more expanding Mm -hmm. rather than, you know weakening so i think especially like us as individuals we need to think about awareness Mm -hmm. to be able to make those judgment calls for ourselves. us as a community need to normalize the decision of putting mental health first yes because we always think about physical like oh you need to recover but we think quick fix Mm -hmm. maybe the reason the physical keeps happening is because mentally they can't handle themselves without training this hard maybe they 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 mentally can't make that decision for themselves because they're de- they're developing these disorders. Yeah. You know, the mental aspect controls the physical to a yeah. large extent and drives you. Because without that mental aspect, I mean, you're just going to you're just going to kind of lie there. You're yeah. not you're not going to live. Like I said before, the brain is the control center for the entire body. It's your decision making. Yes, and you know, if anybody wants to be like, oh, these girls don't know what they're talking about. Remember, Keely's got a PhD. <laughs> she's, a, she's a scientist. Okay, I was getting ready to say, I'm not that good a doctor. <laughs> but she's a scientist. And, you know, I've, I'm not a PhD, but I do have a bachelor's degree. And But we do recognize, yeah. like this is, again, a conversation because we've looked into some of the material. But yeah. we do recognize we're not specialists. Well, and we are very open-minded yeah. in that... So a lot of people are like, scientists can be bought. Science does this. Science, we only say something is true when it cannot be disproven. Meaning, the second something is disproven, it is now accepted. Yeah. We're very open-minded, honestly. Because we're constantly trying to find the truth. The absolute truth is only when something can be repeatable, reliable, and cannot be disproven. Yes. When something is finally disproven, that is no longer the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's my science soapbox where it's just like we're actually, we adapt to new information. And that's how we as a community should be too. Where if we are brought forth with, hey, by accepting a lot of like the mental attribute would actually help you in all aspects of life, let alone your jujitsu training. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't we consider that or at least be open-minded to that? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I was going to say, I'm good with the rest. Yeah. (laughs) I have nothing else to add, but (laughs) like just like very solemn over here. You know, I think we're just trying to be from a, a standpoint where we're just trying to be more understanding Mm -hmm. and empathetic and just, you know, these are things we have to consider in the sport. Because, like I said, I'm trying to take jujitsu less seriously. Mm-hmm. I w- like I want to have fun with it. That was my goal this year, mm-hmm. and 
you know, the more we see these IBJJFs coming and, like, people being disappointed with their results and, you know, wanting to compete more or whatever it is, you know, we're paying a whole bunch of money to win this medal that hangs up on our wall and... Or collects dust in the corner like mine. Yeah, and I know, and it's just, it should, it's about improvement because Mm -hmm. I know for some of us, like, at the master's level it's going to be a hell of a lot harder to achieve something that we're watching these up-and-coming teens in future of jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. achieve and just to be understanding of what they're going to be going through. And I think that was, like, another thing, too, is, like, we've got these kids who are, f- like, fucking insanely good. We have not seen what's about to come from the future of jiu-jitsu. And I mean, like really it's gonna be crazy well for example it's like in a couple podcasts with john danaher he's talked about how he's spent his whole pretty much life doing jujitsu to acquire the knowledge he has and all of that knowledge he's already put into the 20 somethings for Mm -hmm. the previous death squad you know and they've absorbed all of that information already Mm -hmm. who's to say what they can't learn in that experience of time and yeah. then hand on to the next generation. Yes. So it's just, there's this, a lot of this like transfer of information. And when I mentally think about it, I'm sitting here thinking, all right, when was the first hard drive? Like, does everybody remember the picture of like the room full yeah. where it was like, that was like the first supercomputer hard yes. drive. And now it's like the size of your pinky Yeah. for some of this like data storage. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The same thing in terms of <laughs> my dog just stepped on my cat. Kisa, no. It's because I won't give her the squeaky. Anyways, get off the soapbox. I've been Um, on a lot of soapboxes. No, but I think it's just, it's good to talk about because we just need to be a little bit more understanding. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, if you only get one thing from this whole episode, we support you putting yourself first. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. All right. Treat yourself. Yes. That too. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Questions, comments, you can, I think the easiest way to contact us is at Black Belt or Bust on Instagram. You can also find us on our personal pages at What Misty Does and at Keely McCarty. Uh, We appreciate the support and the listening. We're going to be trying to get some more episodes out. Like we've said before, we're just really busy. It's been hard to put out the content between like vacations and you graduating from school Mm -hmm. and uh but we do have a lot more episodes and content coming so stay tuned for that and we are you've probably already realized this prior to this episode we are officially going to weekly updates Mm -hmm. rather than the tuesday thursday and then wednesday so like every two weeks having three episodes that we previously had before our month on month off kind of deal that we had going on this year uh we are going to be going to weekly updates so look out for wednesdays for new episodes yes thank y'all thanks bye